Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fox Nomad Podcast. I'm your host, Fox Nomad, Alufolat. Welcome to a different episode, different kind of episode this week. I have actually, what I've done is I've taken a recent live stream that I did. It was just so much fun that I was like, this this needs to be a podcast episode because we have the winner of the best city to visit travel tournament, Lauren, calling in and explaining why she picked the winning city, Singapore, and what her plans are, where she is in the world, all kinds of stuff, a little bit of behind the scenes. And uh, it's nice to catch up with the winner. It was the first time I had done something like that. And then also as a guest on the podcast, I have Nora Dunn. You may remember her from such podcasts like this one, a couple of maybe last year, maybe last season. Anyway, she is Nora Dunn. Uh, Her website is The Professional Hobo. You can also find her on YouTube where she reviews luggage and has a lot of safety and travel tips for you. So make sure you check her out. I'll link that in the show notes. But for now, I hope you enjoyed this episode with the winner of the best city to visit travel tournament and Nora Dunn. Connection. Looks like you're ready. Technology. <laughs> All right. There we go. Um, and our special guest. Hi, Nora. <laughs> Thanks for doing the joining the live chat. <laughs> um, we have a special guest and she just called in. So I'm going to add her here. Hopefully uh, chat when people join in the chat. Let me give me. Let's. I'll bring her in and then. Hello. Hi. Hey, Lauren. <laughs> How's it going? Let good, me. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for calling in. I am. Oh, you're on the screen. Awesome. Yes. Awesome, awesome. Hi. Awesome. <laughs> uh, this is Nora Dunn. I don't know if you know of her site, but. Hey, Lauren. Hey. Um, I wanted to have you call in while we're, we just went live. So I'm just fidgeting for a second. Hey, yeah. um, but I wanted to have you call in because to, just to say congratulations and uh, Thank winning you. the best city Woo. travel tournament, which is uh, pretty <laughs> cool. I, you know, I haven't really ever talked to somebody who's won. Like it's just a few emails usually after oh, people really? win, you know, and mm-hmm. there's like a couple of different kind of people too like i always say they're the people who just put in the their city like they'll just reply back to the newsletter and they'll be like this city is country and then some people write like a few lines i didn't go back and see how yours was but it's you know i think i just put singapore because i was in my head going back and forth i had just moved i lived in singapore for a really long time and i just moved to malmo in sweden and i was like i really love malmo but i was like it's not gonna it might not win so i was just like i went back and forth and i didn't know what to say and so i just went singapore with an emoji like smiley face <laughs> all right okay yeah well it was a good choice definitely yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i i'm surprised that helsinki was the other finalist i was really really surprised at that i was surprised singapore beat tokyo like i thought that was going to be the round the knockout and i was like that's it singapore you know wasn't going to go further, but I was very surprised that it helped that Helsinki and other like Porto, there were other cities that kept coming that I was unexpected that were unexpected. Yeah. And so I, I, what I did was I was like, when you won, I said, let me look up, you know, like I went into my inbox and I was like, I wonder if you've entered any other contests. Like I, I wasn't 
sure. Um, no, I don't think I have. And yeah, so I had to look in. I think you did in 2014, I want to say. Oh, okay. You, you that may was have ended before. <laughs> <laughs> Only took nine years to, yeah, um, yeah. to win. Uh, a lot of people, like, they'll enter the contest and then they'll stop for a few years and then they'll re-enter. Um, what made you want to enter this year and why why Singapore? So this inbox now that I have a subscribed to newsletter, I think back maybe over 10 years ago when I was living in Shanghai and I needed like digital technology and I was traveling and this inbox has become flooded with newsletters. And mm -hmm. so sometimes I just skim them, but I always like, like look at yours, but I think um, when I moved to Singapore, I don't know if it was the timing, I just wasn't getting or seeing them as often and something happened. I don't quite know. I was even telling my, my family is visiting right now. And I said, I don't know what it was. If it was kismet, it came in late evening for me. I saw it and I just went, you know what? I just moved from Singapore. I love Singapore. My partner's Singaporean. I miss it. I'm just going to do it. And I thought it was early enough. Like sometimes I feel like I'm too late because mm -hmm. it's the first 60 people, 64 people. And I was looked at the timing of it and I said, actually, I think I could do it. And I just, yeah, I just did it. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Well, it was a good choice for sure. Um, yeah. I, I, and I will say the, the timing too. my birthday was yesterday. So I also looked at it and was like, well, like my birthday's coming at the end of it. So maybe it would be a nice, like <laughs> that, the stars align. <laughs> that is so awesome. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, that's a nice birthday gift for you. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Like what happens every year is, you know, the contest, the first 50 cities will come in really fast. And then yeah. it was like last you know, 14 or so, they're repeats. So there, there's kind of like this gridlock that happens where people are repeating mm -hmm. the cities and, and and all. So Singapore, I don't know if you know, the last time I did the competition, obviously during pandemic, I stopped because I couldn't go to any yeah, of the Yeah, I, I saw that they won in 20, like right before the pandemic. Yeah, it was in March and right in April when Singapore won, you know, the world shut down. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it, it worked out really crazy that because I didn't get to go. I've been to Singapore, but like 10, uh, 15 years ago or something. So it kind of worked out mm -hmm. in this really crazy way that Singapore won. So I'm going to go this year. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, congratulations on winning the $1,000. That was that's, uh, thank awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for hosting and yeah, I just, I've always followed, I guess, silently. So this was a good. <laughs> <laughs> now we got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Um, let's see. Do I have any other questions? Uh, I don't really. I just, I always tell people like, uh, just it's, it's, it's so easy to enter that people just enter. Um, and they then... should. And I, I will say like for someone who I will say, I think I've seen it come in pre pandemic and been like, oh, the time difference. I saw it when I wake up, it's too late. Um, and so something happened this time. And I felt like I was early enough to pick one of the bigger cities because I might I was afraid of repeats. But yeah, just submit it. You never know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, and did you follow along each round? I mean, I some people yes. obsess on the contest. Yes. Yeah. It it was like um i i had to remind my like every time i was every every weekend i was looking for your name and making sure i didn't miss the newsletter and i didn't miss it um but i tried not to like publicize it like i didn't want to feel like i was 
um, influencing. So I only ever voted twice with five, two different emails. And then mm. it was only this last one. I used my partner's emails. I get Singapore, you have to vote. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and then my sister was like, I had seven emails. You could have had me do it. And I said, no, no, I just wanted to see it happen like naturally <laughs> and have Singapore win. I think, yeah, Tokyo was the closest. So I, I will poke yeah. in there from time to time to see what's going on. And I was like, okay, Tokyo's close. And then yeah. I was like, once you got over that, then I, I don't really publicize it, but I saw it very quickly in the beginning. I was like, Singapore is winning by like Helsinki is getting crushed here. I don't, I don't think okay. they're going to make a comeback. They did. Yeah. This, the, the votes kind of came in, but, uh, yeah. Singapore is tough to beat. It's a good city. Good food. It's yes. And that's, I think one of the things maybe back in February, this was our first winter in seven years living in Sweden now. And, uh, we just missed a lot of the food. And I think it's some of the reason why I felt like my partner's making a lot of Singaporean dishes now. And we were just like, we missed it. It needs to be, people need to love this, uh, place. Like here in this region, Southeast Asian food also isn't very popular. So we also just felt like let's give them a, a voice. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Lauren, I have a question for you. What is a Singaporean dish that you'll cook? Oh, oh, uh, so that, what do you, what's the Singaporean dish you, you would cook? How many hours do you have? I, you must know how many hours you have. Um, yeah, just fried rice. So like nasi goreng, chili crab. Nasi goreng is like fried rice. So that's a big one. We just, but it, it ends up being, it, it's not so much the fried rice as it is the sambal which is like this shrimp paste. And so we brought with us from Singapore, Belichan, which is a special shrimp paste that's in a brick that we actually can't find here. So he will make a, like a whole thing, a fresh sambal that he'll then put into any dishes. So it feels Singaporean, like it has the flavor. So I would say that a lot of it's him. He's currently trying to recreate his mom's curry. Um, <laughs> so there's, there's some South Indian and some Singaporean dishes, like combinations we're trying to do. But chili crab is the big one. I think the the chicken rice, um, but we can actually find some of that here because it's a little bit, um, there's a chef here who does Singaporean um, chili crab and he also does Hainan chicken rice, but we're finding like the Malay or the Indian part of Singaporean food harder to find. Interesting. And you're in Mal Malma? Malma? Malma, yeah. And yeah. I'm just curious, why Sweden? Of, of... Um, well, I, I, I got a, a job there um but i've always been a fan of of scandinavia and i will say being in singapore during the pandemic i started missing the seasons so so we talked about moving and where to move we wanted to be somewhere that had nature the four seasons for me um and uh good quality of life so and singapore is great quality of life but we felt like the work-life balance it's very um go 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 all the time so we we're we're trying to figure out maybe we would try somewhere different um with a, a bit more quality of life i would say like like not quality of life like work life balance like there's like no one yeah people leave work and they're done that's it's a new concept for me even as an american and you know in the next contest you get the first pick before everybody else no i have to think about it now so <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> i was just talking about like what city do i pick i don't think singapore can win again he just said singapore <laughs> he's it's... like you pick singapore again. i don't know if that'll happen <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe well Copenhagen? i don't know interesting yeah well helsinki did 
surprisingly well. I was very surprised. So maybe Scandinavia yeah. has uh, some some surprises. Yes, I mean it's a beautiful part of the world. Well, congratulations again. Thank you for Thank calling. You. It was great chatting. And great chatting uh, with you too. we look forward to see what city you pick uh, next time. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, well, and also, sorry, my partner's saying we'll send you some things to do when you're in Singapore. Yeah. I would love he that. That would be ideas. great. When you said in your newsletter, you wanted some we'll ideas. Try out all the hawker centers. He has hawker centers for you. We'll send you a list. <laughs> I can't wait to... I can't wait to go there and just eat. Like that's all I'm yeah, planning to do. <laughs> like that's one of the things. His his family's coming here in June. We already have food for them to bring, but we're looking forward to when we can go back. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So well, thank thanks you. again. <laughs> Take care. See you. Bye. All right. Now I'm going to check that if I can. All right. Sweet. I can. <laughs> I, I'm always paranoid getting Zoom to work. <laughs> and like sometimes the very first time I did this, the Zoom didn't work for half the time. So they could hear me, but not anybody else. Yeah. Oh, no. no. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the best city uh, winner. Uh, Singapore. Yeah. Went all the way to the final again. So pretty uh, wild. Listen, S Singapore is a world-class city. It's it's such a and country uh, at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it, it's such a mishmash of cultures and food that's why i was asking what the what food her partner would cook because i when i think of singapore i just think of everything you know it's, it's just so many different cuisines wrapped in one i mean chili crab and nine on rice are obviously the two most well-known staple singaporean dishes but i would have thought that chili crab would actually be a pretty complicated dish to prepare at home so uh that was why i asked that question i was following another contest very recently that was for the best place in the world mm -hmm. and interestingly i was really surprised the maldives came out tops and have you been to the maldives i haven't i haven't yeah i haven't either i mean i think of it typically as being this the over water bungalow resort yeah. style destination and anyone i know who's who's tried to visit the maldives in any other capacity as in you know stay on land in a more of a budget travel sense has found that the ex the experience was a little bit lackluster but i guess as a as a i mean listen if you're a travel hacker and you like your free flyer miles and you like to do all the hotel hacking maldives is definitely the bucket list travel hacking experience to have yeah like for me there's some i know people love beaches like tropical beaches for me it just like yeah, I never am. I never feel like I need to go to a tropical. Like it's just, I would rather be like wherever your background is, those mountains. That's that's kind of like what I love to do. But yeah, but I haven't been to Maldives, so I have to go. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised at that though. It's funny you should say that you would rather be here. So I remember years ago reading this, and this really resonated for me. That you're either. A mountain person or an ocean person mm -hmm. now of course we can have a little bit of both and you can like both but fundamentally most people are either one or the other so if you are a mountain person uh then when you're in the mountains you feel nurtured and you feel you know you feel the sense of grandeur of the mountains and and you feel at home but if you're a mountain person and you're on the ocean you feel overexposed and vulnerable mm. If you're an ocean person and you're on the ocean, you feel free and, you know, liberated. And if you're an ocean person and you're in the mountains, you feel claustrophobic. Ah. 
So I personally am also a mountain person. I love the ocean in smaller doses. I'm, I mean, I like you, I don't tend to spend time on the beach, mostly because sand gets everywhere. And I don't know. I just. I... Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like. The... But I'll hike in the mountains all day long. Yeah. I give this example to people all the time. I go, I would rather face a bear, like run across a bear in the woods <laughs> than see a shark in the ocean. Both could easily kill me. It's not, it's not, you know, not that I'm not dead in both situations if if a shark wanted to attack me. But, with but I'd a, rather get mauled by a bear. Yeah, like because I can look at a bear and I understand like the bears, what it's thinking and like I could run a little bit like it's something more familiar like with a shark they all i have no idea what that thing is thinking like i just see them and i'm like hmm. <laughs> does it want to eat me does it not care i'm also in this weird medium but with the with the woods i'm like you could throw me out in the woods for like a month i might have a tiny chance of survival like there's a tiny chance <laughs> in the ocean, on the ocean zero chance a day i'm, I'm like right i'm, like, I'm drowned i'm gone <laughs> <laughs> so it's true i actually spent three months living on boats mm -hmm. uh in the caribbean and my impetus for this <laughs> was born i'm a bit of a sucker for punishment was born out of an ocean phobia we have a little bit of a phobia of the ocean like i feel very i feel overexposed and vulnerable in the ocean i'm a great swimmer but i am out of my element like on a boat that i could never own a boat the whole idea of bit no it's not my thing but i was like but let's try living on boats for three months. Uh, I'm not really sure that I I conquered the. I mean, I, I was okay. I mean, I definitely got used to being on boats, uh, and I I got my sea legs, and that I no longer got seasick every time I went somewhere on a boat. Um, but it did not make me an ocean person, and I didn't. I'm not a convert now. I enjoyed it. I could stay on boats again, but uh, if I have a choice, this is going to be my choice. Yeah, I. There, there's like a subreddit and there's a name for it. this, like the fear of the deep ocean or something like that. Like, like the, the deep darkness of the ocean that you can't see. Uh, it's pretty terrifying. There's scuba divers and people posting, you know, all kinds of like things coming up from beneath while they're scuba diving, which would, I would be like, <laughs> oh God, no. I like, no, <laughs> no, I, yeah, that stresses me out. <laughs> yeah. Like. But then I have a friend who became a fish. And I say that because, like, she basically, like, moved to a tropical place and then started, like, scuba diving and free diving and, like, and now is basically like a fish and had never done it before. This was, like, probably she was in her 30s. And I'm like, how, like, she said, oh, you just get used to it. You know, you just kind of get more and more comfortable. I just don't, maybe that's possible, but I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I, I, yeah, I guess I guess it, you could do it maybe, but I don't know. It's a tough one. <laughs> all, all of this to say, I don't think you or I are moving to the Maldives anytime soon. <laughs> no, I'd rather be like in North Sweden, like for me, like I'd rather have a winter in North Sweden than a summer on the beach. I just snow. See now, once you bring temperature <laughs> into the equation, I might have to think <laughs> twice about that. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. I don't do winter gracefully. I, I I'll take the beach. Okay. Over okay. The, over the snow. I'm a sucker for winter. There you go. There's like my it. breaking point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but there is one thing that I want to try, which is, I don't know if I can get over my fear to do it, but they have this thing in Norway, 
where you can go to a fjord and they have these you can dive with the local orcas that are there mm. so and it's if i get the name of the company i, I should find the videos and show you but it, it's amazing like people just go they're basically snorkeling it's not scuba and this is where the orcas feed and occasionally they come around the people you know they swim around you and stuff and the photos and the videos are incredible um i think orcas are probably the one of the coolest animals like on the planet i would love to do it just to see them up close but it also looks terrifying because they're so huge and i there's no recorded incident of an orca you know killing a person but there's gotta there's they are called killer first. whales right <laughs> yeah. there's always a first like there might just be one who's like you know what today's the day <laughs> and you're the man yeah especially me because you know i would be like so nervous and like kind of flounder like they would tell like this thing should not be in the water and just like no. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that sounds like an epic experience. Yeah, I'd be down for that. And I would be, I, there's a part of me, and I don't know if this is a travel thing or not, too. Maybe you can lend some insight into this. I I do like conquering my fears, or I like mm. facing my fears. Or <laughs> maybe more appropriately, I like choosing the fears I like to face. But I mean, prior to my travel career, I, I mean, I was a skydiver. I used to race motorcycles. I rock climbing and mountaineering and caving and sailing and canyoning, like all these kind of like high adrenaline activities and bungee jumping. And uh, partly because I enjoy that feeling of facing this like fear where like every bone in your body is saying, don't do this. Mm -hmm. And you do it <laughs> and you, you move through that. And like, I always find that so empowering as an experience. And I will say, even after 17 years as a, career traveler i still get butterflies when i'm about to go on a new trip or i'm about to land in a new place that is completely foreign to me and I'm, I'm on my own and i have to figure out how to survive and do all the things in this place that still makes me nervous but that feeling of facing that fear and and then getting to the place and having this you know what usually ends up being some kind of epic experience and feeling that connection to the people and the place and the food and learning how to survive there and making the unfamiliar familiar mm -hmm. is is a really empowering experience for me in the same way that diving with orcas might be or you know any other kind of adrenaline fear inducing activity do you find that that do you do you have that parallel for yourself in your travels as well Yes. Yeah. Like I am someone who, if I, I think, okay, I'm scared of this. It's always like, I don't want to be scared of that. Like it's like a challenge to overcome like the orca thing. Like it would be fine probably. And I would be, I'm missing out on an experience that I want to do. Um, and then, but there's also the same thing that like when I land in a new country, I'm always like, if I haven't been there before, I'm always a little bit nervous, especially like if I'm landing at an airport or a border crossing because that's where I'm you're the most vulnerable you know you get screwed over by taxi drivers or whatever like you don't know what's going on you don't know what's happening and it's like that trip from usually like the airport to the hotel can be ner nerve-wracking sometimes because you don't quite know what's going on and like whoever's driving you there like maybe they're super friendly and then I'm always I, I always like like I'm probably like the biggest jerk I'm just very quiet, you know, like you're kind of like assessing. 
so I do have that every time I get to a new place. Yeah. Uh, but then at the same time, I do have this thing where I want to try to conquer those fears and stuff. Cause I, w- I want to like unlock that part of my brain. I feel like there's like a lock in your brain and you just want to like undo that lock somehow. I don't know. That's kind of how I look at it. But cool. I like that. But yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah. Some places. Yeah. I, I don't know. And usually it's fine. And it's usually the places that like where I'm just totally relaxed the first time, you know, I don't know. I still have my guard up, I guess, when I get to a new place. I was going to say, that's where the shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse my language, right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, complacency is the mother of all travel mishaps, you know? It, yeah. Not to say that you need to always be paranoid. Like, I've done some videos on my YouTube channel recently about any theft or travel security tips or, you know, ways to stay safe on the road. And then I get this, you know, lashback from people saying you're paranoid and this and, and it's like well no but i like to be better safe than sorry like i think that there is a, a and especially too when you are in a foreign environment and you don't know the customs and you often stand out like a sore thumb even when you're trying not to yeah uh and you know it's important to be aware of your shamanics but a lot of that also applies at home too for to be perfectly honest like you're just as likely to get pickpocketed or you know robbed in your home country as you are abroad um but when you are traveling we are vulnerable and we are overexposed yeah. regardless of whether a mountain person or an ocean person right so it is important to cover our bases yeah and, and- yeah, I agree. It's like, but I find the people who don't travel often, who are very nervous and anxious travelers, they worry about the wrong things. Like they worry about things they probably shouldn't worry about, like what to pack or, you know, like, <laughs> did I bring enough stuff? And it's like, you, you, you did probably, and you can buy that <laughs> you stuff. You probably brought too much. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably, yeah, exactly. And you can buy stuff like toothpaste. Like it's not a big deal if you forget your toothpaste. Like you literally buy that pretty much anywhere. Um, or they get, yeah, like stuff like that, like logistics. Will I make the flight? Will I do this and that? And it's like, yeah, you will. I mean, like, or you'll miss your flight. What's the worst thing that can happen? They'll just put you on another flight, you know I mean? But there. Yeah. But you say that as a career traveler with decades (laughs) of experience, I think, I think it takes a little bit of time to get that relaxed with the process i mean i think for a lot of people missing their flight is a seriously panic inducing moment and if you only have a limited amount of time off or limited amount of time like if you only have a week off and you miss your flight and the next flight isn't until the next day or two you've just missed a big portion of your trip or if you're flying somewhere to catch a cruise and then you miss the flight and then you miss the boat like i that's I don't know point. that I would deal with that super gracefully. Like, <laughs> I have to think twice about that moment. But I do also want to recognize that that is a really good attitude to have. Like, the, what's the stoic attitude, right? What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen if you forget your toothpaste? What is the worst that can happen if you miss your flight? And if you realize that missing that flight means a, a chain reaction of events that you're unprepared to deal with, then show up to the airport five hours early like do what you have to do to make sure that first thing that could result in a, a disastrous consequence doesn't go wrong yeah and then you'll be fine and that, so that's it's almost like you can use the what's the worst that could happen school of thought as a way to choose mm-hmm. what you should worry about <laughs> yeah i like that, that that's I, I i like the way you put that yeah that makes a, a lot of sense some people 
perfectly valid point. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, like it can screw up your holiday and everything like that. But, you know, if it's something smaller, then yeah. But the things like, yeah, there are some valid things to worry about when you get to a place. Um, but just not worry about everything. There are those people that worry about everything. <laughs> All right. What would you worry about? What do you worry about when you get to a place? Oh, um, mm, I think the biggest worry I have initially is personal safety like like my stuff i i I think about all right can i take my camera out here (laughs) this is this sounds like i'm very paranoid like should i wear my watch here how am i gonna get get around it it, not everywhere but those basic stuff like i want to try to blend in and and figure out what the customs are so that that's kind of my worry like and that usually goes away within like six hours then i really don't like it could be a place where it's like super high crime where i've done and i just have all my stuff out like my camera and things and it's just like you know like you just kind of see what everyone else is doing and yeah what's yours i first i want to acknowledge that because i think that that's an excellent way of of thinking about things you know like because i i'm also worried about personal safety but i also like you will observe the very first thing i'll do before i pull out my phone or other valuables that might not be wise to pull out certain areas it's i will observe i look at people you know like if everyone has their phones out then all right it's probably fairly safe for me to have my phone out as well Uh, i'm not likely as likely to get (laughs) robbed or whatever um but the other thing that i will do is I will, I, I ideally fairly early on in the day, I will ask somebody, I will ask a local, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to stay safe? Is there any specific practice that I need to employ in order to be safe here? Um, so for example, I was in uh, Bogota and I was staying with the family. Uh, there's some extended family friends. And so on arrival, I said to the the woman who owned the house that I was staying in, I said, so what, what do I need to, what do I need to do to stay safe here? And she looked at me like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I'm in Bogota, Colombia. Like, I, this, 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 it's got a reputation for being a little bit dangerous. I said, like, for example, can I walk alone at night? And she said, oh, I raised my kids in this neighborhood and they walk around alone at night all the time. That's no problem. You're fine. You're perfectly safe here. Said, okay, cool. And she said, but, you know, just <laughs> just do things, you know, like just, just use common sense. Mm-hmm. And she said, for example, and then she launched into this whole thing that I'd never heard about before. She said, for example, when you when you get a taxi, when you're taking a taxi, make sure before you get into the car that you take a picture of the license plate and the and the cab's license number. Make a note of it, of the of the driver license number. Get on the phone within earshot of the driver and tell your friend who you're on the phone with hey i'm just getting into the taxi now this is the plate this is the driver license number i'll see you in 20 minutes mm-hmm. and this tells and even if you don't have someone to call you just pretend yeah and this tells the taxi driver that you are accountable to being somewhere and they will be less likely to kidnap you <laughs> he told this story like this is common sense and i was like wow i'd never heard of this but had I not asked the local, I would not have learned that that trick. Mm-hmm. And I now use that if I feel unsafe anywhere, I might try to use that that trick if I'm getting into a taxi. Yeah. Although my ultimate taxi safety thing is use ride sharing because I feel like that's a lot more of an accountable way to travel somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I I've had that like where I've been uh South America, I've have stories where I just different parts of the world where, you know, I'll say, "Can I go over there?" and I'll like point somewhere and they're like, "Oh yeah, that that's fine." Like they look at you like it's within I like I can see that thing I want to walk to. It's like a 10-minute walk. And they're just like, "Yeah, sure, maybe, but be you know what I mean? Like when they hesitate and I'm like, uh or they'll say like don't go at night you can go during the day but don't go at night yes and so that always yeah. just makes you like like what am i getting myself into but yeah. everywhere just has like a like the rules right like i mean um yeah like i know a lot of people are freaked out about going to to <laughs> to to colombia which is fine. no colombia is fine i'm going to share this here <laughs> But yeah, like I I worry more about like personal safety than like terrorism and things like that because I feel like that's more just random. Just sharing. Um rather than like like I feel like crime is, you know, that's the thing that can impact you more. You know what I mean? Let's see. Uh, here's the 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 classic move is um whenever you see in some it's often in european cities for some reason there there will in in a in a crowded public area or perhaps even on public transit there will be a sign that says beware of pickpockets you know and it'll be either like it'll it's usually some kind of graphic to beware of that you know like so for anyone who doesn't speak the language they know they understand what the graphic means the irony being A lot of people who maybe aren't thinking straight when they see the sign will go, oh, and then they'll pat their pockets where their valuables are to make sure they're there. And like all you need to do, you know, hot tip if you want to be a pickpocket, just stand around one of these signs and watch people because yes, you'll learn where all of their stuff is. <laughs> I am a habitual like pocket tapping person i always do that <laughs> so i know i know and when i'm out i'm like i shouldn't do that but like i have to like just like okay this 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 like i have my system and i know i shouldn't do that but it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's you funny should, you should develop a habit where you like pat a couple of extra pockets just to, you know just to yeah, confuse anyone who's watching to, you <laughs> and i don't want to jinx it but like i've been pretty fortunate in that regard so as as it, have it having being my number one worry like it hasn't really knock on wood hasn't really happened i don't know if you you have any horror stories hopefully not though of no pickpocketing stories never been never been properly robbed that way um i did leave my purse in a taxi in cusco and i I realized what I'd done. I was I was sitting in the front seat because I was with friends who were in the back seat. We got out of the taxi, and um, I I left it exit fell off my shoulder and I left it in the wheel well. So, um, and I I I realized like a minute later that I didn't have my purse. And my friends and I started you know waving and trying to chase after the taxi, which then made a very quick getaway. So the driver, because he started running red lights and stuff. So like he evidently knew that yeah. <laughs> that he had the purse and he evidently knew that we were trying to get him. So yeah. that, that happened. That was unfortunate. But that, I, and it's so funny too, because I mentioned that in a video on my YouTube channel and I said it was my fault. It's 100% my fault. People are like, yeah, it's not your fault that you got stolen. And I'm like, well, no, it was, I left my purse mm-hmm. 
in the taxi. Had I been wearing my purse crossbody, it would not accidentally have fallen off my shoulder and ended up in the wheel well. I could have prevented the first step in what ended up being a theft. Yeah. Yes, the driver was 100% responsible for continuing to drive away once he realized he had my purse. I'm not going to absolve him of any blame. Mm -hmm. But had I not made the first folly, I, you yeah. know, like, I would have all my cards still today, you know. So that happened to me. And then also I got... Uh, <laughs> I had a, a glorious theft of my passport and a bunch of cash uh, from a place that I was staying in. He was a house guest, no less, uh, and a complete con man. Like, hmm. uh, honestly, he deserved it. But that was, yeah, that was a bizarre experience that. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a thing. So other than those two strange experiences, which make for great travel tales uh, in with a dose of retrospect, mm -hmm. uh, nothing pickpockety or I've never been robbed or mugged or anything like that. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, I, 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 I've only had one where it happened in Buenos Aires. It was like I was taking a flight to just like a sh short flight. And the lady was like adamant that I, I had like a small pocket camera and she was, the lady behind the counter was like, a hundred percent, you have to check that in. And it was really weird. Like they never, people don't like, it's so like, normally you want to carry on stuff with batteries yeah. and she was really adamant about it. I don't like they had, I guess she had seen me put it in, like I was just organizing my, and as I was checking in for the flies, my backpack. So anyway, she convinced me to put that in there. And when I got to my destination, sure enough, the camera was missing from the check-in, as were a bunch of my clothes. Someone had just gone through them. And I'm, to this day, convinced it is a scam at, between whoever that lady was in the airport. Where they, there's some, There was some system going on. I learned my lesson. Didn't have my camera or any of my socks and underwear were all missing. So that was fun. <laughs> So, <laughs> what random things to have taken <laughs> yeah, they were very specific it was really weird i think i'm i was missing a shirt too but yeah <laughs> whoever took your camera apparently also needed some <laughs> new socks and underwear <laughs> and when i put all those things together i don't i'm i don't even want to know what they were doing with poor camera <laughs> oh, there's God. somewhere on the internet there's you know, like the the luggage guys doing uh, photo shoots for for each other somewhere, <laughs> as they're packing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Woo! but um, I've been watching uh, your channel. I've been seeing you've been doing a lot of YouTube videos lately, um, which has been cool, and I like the focus too because a lot of it has been reviews and tips, and that's kind of I, I I don't watch as many like somebody went to a destination type videos. I like the more gear stuff. I, I really like to watch gear and there's not a ton of it on YouTube, like when it comes to travel gear. So it's it's uh it's been fun watching. What what kind of things uh are you reviewing lately? Uh, do you have anything coming up? I have, I, you know, it, you and I have a, a similar bent in that I I mean you are a tech 
gearhead. I am a travel gearhead. Like, mm-hmm. and 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 you also do a lot of reviews as well. You do reviews for backpacks and luggage and stuff. Um, my gear review, my love of travel gear and gizmos and clothing and all of that sort of stuff, obviously is born of the fact that I've been <laughs> traveling as a as a career, traveling full time in one uh, respect or another for seventeen years. But early, early, early on in my travel career, I wrote an article about wheeled backpacks on my mm-hmm. website. And from that moment on, and I really like I nerded out on this wheeled backpack, which it actually transformed how I traveled at the time. And from that moment on, Google recognized me as an expert in luggage. Mm -hmm. So whenever I produce any content about luggage or travel clothing or whatnot, it does really well. So um, there was a kind of an incentive in that regard to do more content about it. But because I was a full-time traveler for so long, I didn't have anywhere that someone could send me something. Or it, if it comes to luggage, you know, like if I got sent luggage to review, it's not like I could try. I already had luggage. So I either had to ditch my luggage to travel with this luggage. I, it just was very complicated. But a few years ago, I got a home base in Toronto again. And <laughs> Apparently, one of the purposes of this home base is to be a place to receive a lot of gear to mm-hmm. review. So, I mean, I have a literal pile right now of things that I've been sent to try out and review. And I absolutely love this process. I love trying out new things and new bags and just totally geeking out on various features of luggage, backpacks, clothing gizmos and more so uh yeah i do actually have a lot of uh, new travel tools and and tips coming out soon uh i'm gonna have a, a comparison uh of various different kinds of packing cubes and which ones are best for travel compressible non-compressible ultralight all mm-hmm. the things uh i have some new day packs uh expandable backpacks that i'm going to be taking a look at uh, i have a new large backpack that uh is also expandable but is uh, one of the better known backpacks for uh, long-term travel for carry-on travel coming i've got uh, a new wheeled i personally am a soft-sided luggage fan i've been trying out some hard shell luggage recently i don't get the hype yeah. I mean, the whole spinner wheel thing, I got to admit, that's fun. Like, mm-hmm. it is, it does make walking with your luggage <laughs> a lot more fun. Like, there's a certain cool factor, and it's also easier to to use spinners than mm-hmm. it is two-wheel luggage. But it's inherent waste of space. Spinners take up actual space that mm-hmm. could be occupied by the luggage itself. If you have two-wheel luggage... You have more packing space. And if you're traveling with carry-on luggage, as I normally do long-term, that's an important thing. Like, you got to maximize every yes. cubic inch of space you have. Um, so, anyway, I'm always on the search for good, soft-sided luggage because hard-sided, the spinner thing is great, but also hard-sided luggage is really frustrating it because the only way to open it whereas if you have soft-sided luggage it usually there's just one little clamshell flap that you can access if it's standing up or sitting down and it takes a much smaller footprint so anyway i just went down a you can see how much i love no i gear i love it yeah no i love (laughs) Uh, it and that kind of stuff right yeah no i love it Uh, so but the other thing that i do with my Sorry, I was just going to finish off and say the other thing that I do with my channel is it's not just about gear reviews. I also have a series called Travel Smart in Style. Mm -hmm. And this is where I help people with travel tips and ways of, you know, whether it's booking flights, carrying cash, 
uh, <laughs> dealing with TSA, uh, you know, carry on essentials, all those kinds of things. And I'm really enjoying employing because I kind of thought, you know, you might experience this as well because you and I have both been traveling forever. Mm-hmm. A lot of what I know, I think everybody knows. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the, and, and then suddenly someone will say to me, oh my gosh, I had no idea about this. Like, I'll just share what I think is like a common sense travel tip. And people are like, wow, I never thought of that. And I'm like, wow. Okay. I guess, <laughs> I guess we know more than we thought we did. Because once you get used to doing something all the time, the, the breadth of knowledge that you uh, accumulate is it's not common sense for everybody. So I'm, I'm really enjoying sharing these, these things that I've learned over 17 years with uh with people who might be uh a little rusty or looking to you know they're about to go on a trip and they want to brush up on certain ways to really travel smart in style no that's great yeah i have your channel linked uh down in the description so people should check it out um yeah it i i can geek out about bags and things too like i obsess over i just got i just switched my carry-on luggage for the first time and over 10 years so i went from an osprey oh what's it called ah sojourn 60 it was a 60 liter sojourn i had that extremely durable bag worked great a little bit too small for me now uh just like i i can fit everything that i have in it but i have to pack perfectly and i hate that like i just i just want to be able to throw stuff in sometimes so I went with a larger bag, which may be a little bit too big. I went with the Dakin Split Roller 80 liter, I want to say. This is pretty big. Uh, the same amount of stuff in it. It's just bigger. And I can mm-hmm. just like put all my things. And also the Sojourn, because it has the two, like the, the handle, the two, what do you call it? The carry handle it kind of eats into the inside of the bag. So it's not flat mm-hmm. on the bottom. So there's this little, they say 60 liters, but I think it's a little bit less. Um, and so I switched this bigger bag. It's a little bit big, I, you know, like, <laughs> but I have the extra space. So I don't have to think about packing. Well, if it's soft-sided, one of the things I like about soft-sided luggage is the fact that there are usually compression straps on the outside as well as the inside. So you can actually make the bag a little bit smaller if it's not completely full, and that holds all your stuff mm-hmm. together. So then that way, it, the nice thing about an 80-liter, because I know I've played luggage Tetris so many times, and the stress every single time of, is everything going to fit in? And how am I going to play this game of Tetris today to get it all fit in and smush it down and hope that it fits? And Lord knows if you want to get something along the way, mm-hmm. you got to throw something else out to make it all fit. So that that stress, I can understand why you would actually want to go with something a little bit bigger, even if it's more space than you need. But what this tells me is you are team check-in. Oh yeah, as opposed 100%. to team carry on. Always have been, always. Yeah, I've always gone always. with the check-in bag. I've never done like, I mean, because like one bag is like my laptop, my cameras, like the electronics. There's no way I could fit clothes as well. And then the idea of having two carry-ons, just I, I couldn't do it. I've always done check-in, always. Yeah. See, I'm team carry-on, although <laughs> I go back and forth. I've definitely spent years doing doing check-in bags, but I am team carry-on now. Uh, and I put all of my electronics into my personal item bag, but 
that really pretty much fills up that bag, admittedly. Mm-hmm. And then all of my stuff goes into the the carry-on luggage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also tend to, uh, I mean, I'm on the, I, I play by the rules, but I tend to be on the maximum end of what would be allowable in terms of luggage capacity mm-hmm. and weight. And one thing that I don't travel with that you do is I don't have any super fancy schmancy cameras and lenses mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Like this is it, this is my camera. So, um, I don't, that if I had to deal with that as well as, everything else i would be hard pressed to get it all into carry-on for sure yeah like my check-in like my my carry-on bag is heavier than my check-in bag so like yeah and they don't often make me weigh it but when they have it's it's an issue but everything has a battery in it so they have to let me bring it and after my argentina incident there's no way i'm checking in any of my electronics (laughs) ever again zero percent chance yeah, I tra- I travel with a a lot. Probably most people I think would say too much. Like I'm always going through this process of trying to like make everything smaller to get the smallest I don't know microphone or whatever. Like I just switched the microphone to make it smaller and da da da. But it's still a lot more things than probably is needed. Like this microphone I'm talking into and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's that's that's my weakness I guess with the clothes like. I could probably use a 40 liter. I don't really need that much space. There's, there's like, yeah, that, that I could probably do. I, I travel with two pairs of shoes and a jujitsu gi. Those are the two things that take up like 40% of the space of my luggage. So it's like, um, but yeah, check in all the way. (laughs) And have you ever had any, uh, other than the Argentina incident, have you ever had any incidents of your luggage being, lost or damaged in the check-in process no i haven't yeah no i've never had i've also never anything never had anything stolen out of the bag once it's placed in the overhead because that's a thing that could happen i guess uh because i can't put it under a seat it's way too it's just too big um but yeah it's been i mean crazy enough like nothing's ever broken like it's been pretty good the only thing is that my laptop screen from my previous laptop the keys got imprinted on the screen of my macbook pro so mm-hmm. i use a like a microfiber like this well a bigger one and i put it on the keyboard before i close the laptop lid so that doesn't happen which happens to a lot of people because the all the like grease from your fingers ends up getting on the screen and removing the coating of the screen and then you have to replace screen, which is very expensive, like compared to the total price of the laptop. I remember when that happened to you. Uh, and my solution to that problem is I have a screen protector on my laptop. Mm. So it's, a, it's just a transparent uh, thing that goes on to, because I find as well, the lap, the, the, especially too, because I also use um, one of these kind of silicone keyboard uh, yep. uh, covers and that helps protect the keyboard against, you know, minor liquid incidents and, and it protects the keys themselves as well. But this can then get kind of greasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I close my laptop, that I have that same problem. The good news is, though, because it's a screen protector, my actual screen remains undamaged and I can clean the protector as you know, vigorously as I wish. And if I want to, I can just replace the bloody thing as well. So that, that's my hack. Were you able to get the screen protector on without any like dust bubbles or anything like that? 
uh, you know, so I just replaced my computer recently. There's a, I'm looking right now, as you can tell, there's a couple of bubbles in there, but the reality is when the, when the computer's on, I can't see it. You can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I try not to get too pedantic about, <laughs> about the imperfections yeah. because the benefit of having the, the screen thing is, is much better. Actually, I learned from you and I don't know if you still use it or ever used it. Mm -hmm. I think you at one point profiled the one of those screen protectors that also is a privacy screen so like nobody yes. beside you yep. can see i think it was made by 3m but now i don't yep. even think 3m makes it anymore do you use that have you used it what did you think uh yeah i always use it on my phone so i always have that on my on my phone uh -huh. uh, the laptop i don't use it with uh anymore and mainly because i like to see this it does the more privacy you get, so the, basically the the more at an angle of the privacy that it gives you, the less it does kind of lower the resolution of the screen slightly. Like there's a you can see it, you'll notice uh, it. Yeah. With the phone ones now you don't really, but also you don't get as much off-axis, you know, like angling. So I don't use it for the laptop anymore, mostly because I like just to see the full colors and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I think they're super useful. Like if, especially on your phone and stuff, like when you're, when you're traveling, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's useful. Um, so the, the three of them. Oh, I like that. Though. Yeah. I recommend them. I think they're good. Um, like if you work at a lot of cafes and stuff and you know, you're doing like, I don't know, your budget or your finances where you're going to have like credit card numbers or anything on the screen, you know? There's, there, there, I've seen videos of people who have stolen credit card numbers using like high powered lenses or like the hundred X Samsung cameras to zoom in at people at a cafe and like see what's going on in their screen and stuff like that. So is it a big threat? Depends. You know, if you're, like I said, working in cafes a lot, probably want to use it. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. I, had, I hadn't thought of the, the zoomy camera thing. Uh, and I hadn't thought of the, uh, of being that, you know, I was sitting on the subway the other day with someone who was on their phone and she was doing text messages. And I, I I'm not going to lie. I kind of looked down at, at her phone and all I saw was black and I'm sitting right next to her. And I'm like, that's really weird. Why do I just see black? And it was everything in me not to lean over and look over what? her shoulder yes. to see what she was doing. Because I was like, why is her screen black? What's happening? And now only now in this very moment, duh, did I realize that she would have had one of these privacy screen protectors. But my hack for entering in credit card information uh, without entering it in so that someone who might or might not have eyes on you, mm -hmm. uh, if you're in a public place is a password protector. If mm -hmm. you use these things can, um, like I use one password, uh, yeah. after the last pass incident, I <laughs> moved yeah. away from them. Uh, and, uh, and I'm so much happier with one password because they, I do find that they're, they're so much more user-friendly, but also I, it's, you know, if I come to a payment information screen, I can just say, enter in this information and that payment information gets entered in without me ever having to hold my card up mm -hmm. in public or even type the numbers in themselves. Yeah. And you so also don't my, have to remember all your passwords. You know, you can generate a password. Oh my God. Account. Yeah. It's so good. I know I have hundreds of passwords. I don't know any of them. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, same. I don't know a single one of my passwords. I know the only one yeah. that opens the password manager. That's the only one I know. Right, exactly. I wish my parents would use them password managers, but they do not. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, password managers are also, since you mentioned your parents, they 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 have a lot of great uses, right? I can share passwords without actually sharing passwords with employees and contractors who need access to my accounts. Uh, from a travel perspective, I can share the master password uh, for my program uh, mm -hmm. with, uh, with somebody at home. So if I have an emergency abroad, I can say, hey, you know, like, I have a problem. Can you log into my bank account or can you, you know, mm -hmm. call the travel insurance company, do whatever you need to do. And they have access to all of the accounts that they need access to. And from a legacy planning point of view, that's also very important. Yeah. So, you know, like it, it's if you want, I, I know it's a little bit morbid, but, you know, like from this, <laughs> if you croak. You know, whoever is your executor or trying to clean up your affairs, it would, their life would be much easier if they had one password and then they had access to all the accounts they needed access to in order to close the accounts or mm -hmm. do whatever they need to do. So, yeah, yeah. that's my. No, that's a good idea. I, it brings morbid up, tip. It brings up a point that I I heard an idea. I think it was Mr. Beast. He was saying it was, and I I really liked the idea. It was like you should upload a video. And schedule it like 10 years in the future and only have it published if you don't like you know keep rescheduling it it's like if you die then like you know years later on your youtube channel like you would have this video where you're recording it which would be like and i was like i i kind of want to do that but at the same time i'm like i don't know what i would say and i worry that i would forget to like that it was scheduled in 10 years i mean 10 years long time but and then it's going to go out and it's going to be like, I don't know, sound really stupid or whatever, <laughs> all mystical. <laughs> and meanwhile, she's just making YouTube videos, you know. Um, thanks, Dora, for joining the, the live stream today. Thanks for coming into chat. Um, where can people find you? What are you up to? Where are you going next? <laughs> All the questions. So my online my online home is uh, you can always start at theprofessionalhobo.com uh, for my website, which uh, kind of goes into my last 17 years of career travel. Uh, ultimately, my mission is to help people design their lifestyles and arrange their affairs so they can travel long term while working remotely. So that's my my kind of over overarching theme of a lot of my content. Although uh, I've been known to share many a travel adventure. Uh, as well on my site, uh, of which, of course, I have many. Uh, but also, too, I've been focusing a lot on my YouTube channel. If you just search for Nora Dunn, you will find me. And uh, definitely, you can subscribe and check out my Travel Smart and Style series. Check out my uh, travel gear reviews and remote work tips and tools. Uh, I'm posting videos every week there now. Uh, and I've been doing really well lately, actually. I've got like a million views in the last um, couple of weeks, which is kind of fun. So that so those are the two, and then you can find me on all the social channels. You can find my social channels from either YouTube or my website. As for where I'm going next, uh, I'm currently in my home base in Toronto. I'm going to be here for the next ostensibly couple of months, although I'm speaking at a couple of conferences in the United States in that period of time. So I'm going to do some short trips, uh, but longer term, I'm going to spend the summer in Europe, uh, and then I'm going to spend the winter in Africa with remote year. Interesting. 
Interesting. Yes. I've never actually had a full year of planned, uh, of travel planned in advance. It feels a little weird for me, but because of the nature of the experiences that I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of co-living and co-working programs. I want to experience these kinds of programs so that I can produce content about them in an informed way in terms of helping people choose what's going to be best for them in terms of their lifestyle, designing your lifestyle to travel long term. A lot of these done for you programs help make the travel lifestyle a lot easier. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I definitely think that the community aspect as well as the done for you aspect is really interesting. But uh, I want to see it from the inside. I want to experience it from the inside out. So that's my my mission this year, which is why I had so much travel already planned. You got to plan this kind of stuff in advance. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that 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 kind of travel actually i don't know much about it so it'll be interesting to see how it works and like what your experience is yeah well stay tuned and if you want some more information on that kind of stuff right now if you go to the professionalhobo.com i think on my homepage, uh even right from there i have some articles that are about co-living and co-working programs how to book uh monthly accommodation as a digital nomad without using airbnb stuff like that so lots of good resources awesome well, thanks again. I, I appreciate it. Thanks also, Lauren, for calling in. That was a lot of fun. And uh, thank everybody for lurking during the stream. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you hopefully sometime sometime soon. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. It's a little bit of a rough cut, a little bit of a rough edit. It was a live stream, but I hope you enjoyed it. And if you haven't already, make sure you leave the podcast five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. And until the next episode, I hope you have a great rest of your day.